I'm getting there. So, what comes to mind when you say the word Christmas? <laughs> you know, if you had been out uh, fighting the traffic today and trying to get a parking spot and standing in a long line so you could give somebody some hard-earned money, you may associate the word Christmas with shopping. Or if you have been uh, securing all the foods and ingredients and recipes and you've been already at the stove and at the sink and preparing for things that will happen tonight or tomorrow, you may associate the word Christmas with cooking. If you ask any child in the room, you probably will associate the word Christmas with presents, with gifts. And, of course, uh, some of that will probably happen tonight and tomorrow uh, for Kids of all ages. I uh, have an acquaintance by the name of Joe McKeever that grew up in a time in America where um, it was a little bit harder and more harsh than what a lot of us have known in our time of living in this country. He uh, spent his uh, first three or four years in northern Alabama uh, with five siblings. And his dad uh, trying to farm and make a living and, and just barely was making ends meet. And after a prolonged period of time with no income, uh, some of Joe's uncles had found work in West Virginia working in coal mines. And they called up, you know, Joe's dad and Joe's dad said, pack it up. We're headed to West Virginia. And they moved to this, this little coal mining town. And for the next few months, he had steady work and steady income. And Joe said... That as a six-year-old, it was going to be the first Christmas that he had ever gotten a present. Can you imagine? Because some of our kids, and maybe some of our experiences, uh, you know, around the tree, you'd just be ripping through all kinds of packages and throwing ribbons and paper aside, getting to the loot, to the treasures. And this was going to be his first Christmas to ever get a gift. And uh, on a day not too uh, many days before Christmas Day, Joe said his parents made a trip into town, and apparently they went shopping all day because when they came back, they made all the brothers go into another room and said, don't come out until we tell you. And they could hear the closet door open and a bunch of stuff being thrown in there. And so when they were able to come back into the room, Mom and Dad said, don't you even think about going into that closet until Christmas. So they knew all the good stuff's in there. Well, Mom and Dad had to go somewhere in a few days, and so the boys were left uh, with their chores at home alone. And no, they could not stay out of that closet. And so uh, they went into the closet, and they began to look at all these wrapped packages. And this one had so-and-so's name on it and so-and-so's name on it, and here was one that had Joe's name on it. And they did what uh, maybe some of you have done. I've done. Confession's good for the soul. Anybody take a sneak of a peek before? Okay. And so they began to carefully take the tape off and open up the wrapping paper so that no one would know. And they all got a little peek at what they were going to get for Christmas. And six-year-old Joe had a little toy tractor. And he couldn't be more thrilled. And this was one of those kinds of tractors that had a key that you would stick into it and you would wind it up and then it would go across the room. You know, it would be uh, propelled at that point. And so he got the key and he put it in there and he wound it up a little bit. 
and it began to go across the floor. And this was just the best thing, if you can imagine, uh, his first Christmas present. And he decided before he was going to carefully put it back, he was going to let it run one more time. And he turned the key a couple of times and something popped. And his brand new toy tractor was broken. And so, (laughs) with all kinds of sadness... He took it and he put it back into the wrapping and he put the wrapping all back together the way that it was so he wouldn't get busted and he wouldn't be found out. But he said then he had just the worst days of dread leading up to Christmas because he already knew he was going to have a broken, busted toy for Christmas. Have you already ever had built-in disappointment about Christmas. I mean, you kind of had a clue ahead of time. This is going to be broken. This is going to be busted. You can't have disappointments unless you have expectations. And so I'm going to invite you to pause for a moment and ponder. What are you expecting about Christmas? Do you have expectations about everybody getting along? Do you have expectations about everybody being pleased with what you have done or or secured and bought and prepared for them? Do you have expectations about being with loved ones? Do you have expectations that you might be all alone? What are your expectations about God? You see, the Christmas story, and I'm not talking about the one where the kid puts his tongue on a frozen pole and shoots a BB gun that he's not supposed to shoot. The Christmas story is more than a story about a peasant couple homeless in a town where they're about to have a baby. And upon birth, strangely visited by stinky shepherds and mysterious men from the east bearing gifts. It's way more than that. Christmas is not primarily about your gifts and your dinners and your family visits and your travels, busting your budget. It's not primarily about Babies and shepherds and wise men. The Christmas story is primarily about God. And that God loves you more than you can know, more than you can comprehend. And that in His love for you, in His heart for you, that He clothed Himself with flesh so He could come to us. And not just be in proximity to us, 
but that He could atone for our sinful ways, for our broken, busted ways, so that He could forgive, so that He could reconcile us to Himself. That's the Christmas story. God loves you. God forgives you. God wants you in relationship with Himself. So with those things in mind, let's have a fresh review, a a fresh reflection on the story. As it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Today, a Savior has been born to you. Why? Why a Savior? Because, friends, we need a Savior more than we need anything, more than we need breath. Because we were designed, we were created, we were dreamt of to be in relationship with an eternal God. And we've been lost to that. And our only hope of having a merry Christmas is that He would be our Savior, that He would be our Rescuer, that He would be our Redeemer. All I want, all I need for Christmas is a Savior. Is Jesus your Savior? Do you have the gift that God intends to give to you? I close with just these three brief questions. One, will you believe God's story? Not just the little historical pieces about who was governor and in what part of the country and what shepherds went where and all. Not not just that, but that God came for you. Do you believe it? 
And will you confess that that God in Jesus is Lord? He's the one that possesses the power, the perquisites, the rights to forgive you. And will you establish as he forgives you, as he saves you, as he draws you to himself? Will you establish a personal relationship with him? Will you spend time with him? Grow to love him, to trust him, to lean upon him, to follow him. You go, I don't even have a clue about how to go about some of that. Well, that's why God gave us a secondary type gift called church. And if you don't have a church that you consider a home for you to build a relationship with Jesus, then you just got to know how much we'd love for this church to be your church. Will you? Believe his story. Confess him as Lord. Build relationship with him. Let me pray for you about that. So, Father, we set aside all of our other expectations. And we zero in and we focus on you. It's all about you. Would you forgive us? Would you save us? Would you help us to have relationships? With you. In Jesus' name, amen.